Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is a place for crazy people. Natalie Cheel and Rick Mott. I think you'll listen. TNT. Okay, you better listen. It's uh, 8.04 a.m. No, it's not. It's 9.04 a.m. on a blustery cold and wet late january morning here in ireland but it doesn't matter about that because wherever you are whatever you're doing whatever you're doing and of course whatever you're doing we hope it's nice you're very welcome to the open line show nat and i will be uh sailing the good ship tnt through the turbulent waters of life until the top of the hour aided and abetted by Gemma cooper simon gould and jamie ike a lot going on here this morning and of course you're welcome to uh contribute with a phone call if you want to towards the end of the show the lines will be open for the last 20 minutes or just simply leave us a message in our live chat tntradio.live and we will do our level best to pick that up as the show goes along natalie uh helen mcintee as you know she won my award last year for the the most horrific individual uh possibly on the face of the planet if not ireland uh she was questioned yesterday uh, uh refused to comment on why an african illegal migrant to Ireland with eight indecent exposure incidents over a 10-year period was allowed to remain in Ireland after indecently exposing himself to women in hospital and all sorts of people. 10 years, eight cases, indecent exposure, and he was still allowed to leave and she couldn't even answer the question saying, I can't comment on individual cases. What a shambles. Yeah, I saw the video uh, that you sent to me and she kept repeating the same line. I can't comment on individual cases. And I was just thinking, can you imagine if everybody else did that in their line of work? Uh, you asked me today, Rick, and I went, I'm sorry. No, I can't comment on that case today. And then the next one you asked me the headline story. No, no, Rick, I can't comment on that case today. These people have been paid by our our wages. They're taking our taxes and they're not actually doing their job. You know, as a politician, it's almost become normal now to not have to justify anything just to be able to say I'm not going to talk about something. To me, it's it's wrong on every level. Absolutely. She should talk about that case. And at the very minimum, she should say, um, let me get the details of that case um, so I can properly investigate it and I will come back to you. But no, they're allowed to just just bob it off, Rick. No, I'm not going to comment on that. It's not, I'm not comfortable with that. So uh, I'll just walk away from it. It's not it shouldn't be allowed. See, the problem is she does have the details of the case because this has been ongoing over the last 10 years and it's happened at least eight times. So this guy has been committing sexual offences, what, once every year and three months? every year in three months for the last 10 years, and yet he was still allowed to remain in Ireland. And although, of course, maybe for legal purposes, she can't talk about the technicalities of that case, in principle, she dodged the question, okay, then without naming names and without going into details in that one case, how can someone, anyone, be allowed to remain in a country for a period of 10 years, commit multiple sexual offences and not be deported? Whose fault is it? Who's to blame for that? And of course, she would probably turn around and say the same thing. Oh, I can't comment on that. It's an absolute travesty what's going on and how that woman 
retains her position, especially last year with all the attacks that were happening in Ireland, uh, tourists being stabbed in Dublin, you know, the knife attacks uh, in uh, O'Connell Street not so long ago, a bomb going off in a migrant processing centre, a pipe bomb. Some guy was caught yesterday, an, an African illegal with an imitation firearm walking up and down the street. You have to ask yourself the question, how long can this woman hold on to her position, especially whenever she's still being endorsed by uh, that arch enemy of Ireland, Leo Ver. Radker. Anyway, uh, that's a, a little kickoff to get the show going. Leave us your thoughts in the in the chat. Uh, why? Why is uh, A, this woman still in a job? And B, why are people, not just in Ireland, but all across the world, allowed to come across the borders, be given bed and breakfast, be given free medical care, be given the red carpet treatment, repeatedly commit crimes over a period of years and still not be deported. All this bunkum about uh, our uh, human rights, international human rights. What about the rights of the victims? What about the rights of the taxpayers in the countries that these people are coming into and then committing heinous crimes and getting away with it? Literally, sometimes getting away with murder. So leave us your thoughts in the live chat. Uh, we're going to keep motoring along and Gemma is incoming here like an Exocet missile on TNT, today's news talk. Be a part of the conversation. I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Gemma, we're getting an, we're going to get an update on this uh, Imran Khan business from yesterday. It's been uh, progressed along quite rapidly. But just before we get to that, uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Uh, I know this one's just lobbed into your lap here like a hand grenade. Uh, you didn't know where we we're going to talk about this. But in principle... You know, okay, you can't talk about individual cases, but surely the Justice Minister for Ireland should be able to comment on why the mechanics are there to allow a multiple repeat sexual offender to stay in situ for 10 years before being deported and or arrested. Absolutely, yeah. And if it was a citizen of the country and not somebody who'd come in on migration, they would be dealt with. There were a couple of things that sprung to mind when you were outlining the details of that story. One was if the the, the person committing those offences and exposure and all those kind of things was identifying as a woman, those crimes would be fully justified. They would be like, well, he identifies as a woman, therefore he can go into female spaces and harass. Uh, and the second thing, of course, is this, this uh, issue does not exist in isolation. It is not just specific to Ireland and Dublin and, and the ministers there. This is a global issue. And this is essentially cultural destabilization, where you, you import people from other cultures, but there is uh, the element of this uh, criminal. They're not all like this. Not every single mm. person who comes into countries is like this. But of course, yeah. when you get enough cases like the Rochdale grooming, like the Telford case in, in the UK, when you get the attacks in Dublin last year, it creates hostility. It creates resentment between cultures. Now, now, this is happening right across the planet in lockstep. So you have to think at some level, this is absolutely deliberate. It's to create destabilization and violence and hostility within existing communities. And it's how we fight back against this that's the issue, because as you rightly say, politicians aren't doing their job at all. And it's not just Helen McEntee, it's right across the world. They're not listening to the people in those communities. They want to destabilize the communities. The reason behind that well, there's all kinds of theories that you can, you know, there's, you can go down a million rabbit holes with that one. The fact is it's happening and it's happening in lockstep. You could have substituted the word Dublin there for uh, San Francisco, New York, uh, uh, you know, anywhere in Australia where they're, they're, they're fighting exactly the same issue. I was talking with Dean Mackin a few hours ago about immigration because we've had some figures out today which say that the UK as a whole will be looking at 70 million by the year 2026. Now, the original projections were 70 million by 2037. 
It's been brought forward mm. 11 years because they cannot stem the tide. But again, it's not just here. He was saying it's exactly the same in Australia. It's exactly the same everywhere. It's in lockstep. It is. It is. And uh, not just uh, shenanigans going on with you know migrants coming in and committing crimes, but persecution of uh, political opponents and jailing whistleblowers. We've been covering that too. And you've got a follow-up for us from uh, the Imran Khan story from yesterday. Apparently, he's got another uh, nice little slab of jail time along with his wife uh, to look forward to in their golden twilight years. Uh, what's going on with Imran? Well, it's hard not to look at this now like a conspiracy against Imran Khan from the Pakistani establishment because yesterday he found out he was uh, he got 10 years. He's already in jail for three years for corruption. Uh, yesterday he was slammed with a sentence for 10 years for allegedly revealing state secrets in the form of a telegram that was sent from Washington by the Pakistani ambassador. And today he's been slapped with 14 years and his wife, you, you're quite right, For a, he's accused of retaining and selling state gifts while he was PM, um, Prime Minister, and and that's that's landed him with this with this extra corruption charge of fourteen years. Um, now the elections are as we discussed yesterday in Pakistan on February the eighth. This latest jail term, the one he was issued in India just a few hours ago, in Pakistan rather, just a few hours ago, means he's been barred now from standing in any public office for 10 years. And I think that's really what's behind this due to the level of support that he still does garner in great swathes of the Pakistani population, which totals 240 million. It is hard not to look at it like a clampdown on him uh, and his supporters. He is still campaigning from behind bars using AI because he's not allowed to actually speak authentically, but he has released things via his lawyers using artificial voice technology. And he's urged people to get to the polls on February the 8th and vote for as many PTI candidates as possible. That's his party that he founded, even if they're standing as independents. Um, we did talk about yesterday that the Pakistani top court has removed the cricket bat logo from the emblem of that party, meaning that millions of illiterate Pakistanis, that's the only way they could identify that party on the ballot paper, now won't know who to vote for. So it does look like a conspiracy of clampdown on somebody who has got a lot of public support. And when they went into office originally, you know, former cricketer, celebrity turned politician, said he wanted to effectively, and these aren't his words, but I'm paraphrasing, effectively he was trying to drain the swamp. In effect, he wanted to clean up Pakistan politics and make life fair for Pakistani people. Uh, and now he's facing probably the rest of his life behind bars. He's appealing all of these sentences, says it's all politically motivated, and he's, he's going to fight them. Nat, what do you reckon? I mean, like this guy was the darling of uh, politics over in Pakistan for a long time, world-respected world cricketer, you know, was riding on the crest of a wave until not so long ago. And then what a turnaround, going from the pinnacle into a Pakistani jail, prospected doing, you know, over 10 years. He's not getting any younger. His wife's banged up now as well. Message being sent out to the Pakistani political parties, do you think? Yeah, he's been set an ex as an example, hasn't he? Um, he's obviously got too popular, um, um, and that's no good for an authoritarian government. They need to silence that person. And if you think about 14 years, I mean, I don't know uh, uh, exactly like an expert in Pakistan law. You know, I wonder what murderers get. I wonder what rapists get. Are they getting anywhere near the same amount? 14 years. Uh, yeah, for, for again, it's that same thing about, about state secrets. It certainly looks to me it's just a way to silence someone um, and, we, and we see it all the time um, over the world globally in history uh, with any type of government who are who are trying to take power in a, in a corrupt way mm. exactly well, and it's it, it, oh, sorry, sorry i was ahead, gonna Jim. say i mean it is 14 years 
on top of the 10 years he was given yesterday, which was on top of the, the three years he was given last August. So they are determined, they're absolutely determined. And, and they've slapped the ban on him today as well. You can't stand in public office any public office, you know, couldn't even stand as a bin man, you know, uh, for 10 whole years. And he's 71 years old. So they clearly know. And, and yeah. making an example of his wife as well um, it, it is a very clear signal. And, and the Pakistani establishment, the military, which many, you know, argue are the real rulers of Pakistan, um, they, they fell out with him after... Uh, the, the riots last year when people came out in support of him when he was arrested. So it is a clampdown of epic proportions. He's 71 years old. He's fighting till the last. Uh, whether he'll come out of prison remains to be seen. What a nightmare if you think about it. At 71, you know, having worked all your life probably and busted your, you know, backside trying to get ahead, you know, you maybe look forward to spending time, you know, in the garden, doing a bit of weeding, cutting back, pruning uh, in the springtime, maybe uh, seeding out some daffodil bulbs. Instead, uh, you're looking at a massive court case ahead of you to appeal a 14-year prison sentence. And assuming he survives to the end of that and gets out if he serves his full time, will be 85 years of age. What an absolute hellish way to look at it. We had Nick done on a couple of times over the last week. He's an ex-para in his 30s who served six years or four years in an Indian prison. And he said at one point he was sitting in the corner, you know, broken, uh, just wishing he was home. And he had to really dig deep in his resilience to get through that. He was a young man, ex-military. So you can imagine what it's like for a 71-year-old man going in there. And I'm sure they won't make life easy for him, Gemma in that prison either, especially if he's a political opponent, they'll probably tell them to make sure that he gets plenty of nasty, hard time. But this probably won't go away. I'm sure there'll be more to hear about this as the appeals are lodged, and I'm sure you'll keep us up to date with that as and when that that happens. So I've got to call time in this one for now. Uh, thank you so much, Gemma, as always, for bringing that uh, breaking news to us right now. We've got to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we'll be talking with Simon Gold, uh, Wales's well, well, the Welsh finest, Wales's finest from Unity News Network. So please don't go away. Stay tuned for more here on TNT. Today's News Talk. TNT's Darren Denslow. Yeah, I'm talking about the illness. Actually, that has done, has been doing the rhymes. Not have we only seen a, uh, a mass influx of people waving their COVID tests online. Look, I got a red line. It's like, oh my God, people are testing. Or people, you know, trying to encourage others to wear their masks. Um, but there has been a talk of a dry cough. There have been doctors coming out saying we've seen loads of cases of that. Uh, have you been suffering from, you know, a bit of cough and flu or cold or COVID? Well, Darren, I, COVID. I, I just, I just did my eighth test, oh, and okay. um, I'm just going to keep doing it until I get lines and lines. Why? Well, because work's coming back up, isn't it? Digging deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk TNT. Take us back in time. And who was Mike Flynn? He was the national security advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. At this moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far-left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism, 
or you're talking about communism. Socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. Today's News Talk Radio. Come on, let the man talk. We never censor our hosts. Good. Now, talk. Uncensored News. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Okay, here we go. <coughs> let me get the... <coughs> Ah, giving you my call. Whatever it is. Oh, I've got her cold. Yeah, you talk about terrain and germ theory. I've got another theory. It can be transmitted through these bloody cameras that we <laughs> use. I don't know. Something spread out of me when you sneezed yesterday, and now I've got the lurgy too. But anyway, enough about our physical and uh, health woes. Let's welcome our very first guest onto the show here this morning, the one and only Simon Gould, aka the Gold Eagle. He is a social and political commentator, and he's also a contributor to UNN. Unity News Network. Good morning and welcome from Wales, England. Simon Gold, how are you doing? Good morning. Good morning, uh, uh, Rick and uh, and Nat. It's love. It's lovely to be here on on this side of the screen rather than just watching it uh, and 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 listening as well. Um, uh, yeah, it is freezing. Actually, I, I was wondering uh, when you were saying Wales earlier on. I wonder. I wondered if you're as cold as as I am because it really is freezing cold here in here in South Wales. It's not too bad here, Simon, to be honest with you, although, uh, you know, it is a little bit chilly given the time of the year. But last week, week before last, it was minus five. This week, it's yeah. got up to 12 degrees Celsius. So there's a lot of temperature swings going on there. I don't know if that's uh, Bill Gates. I don't know if we can blame Bill Gates for that one, but I'm happy uh, to see a little bit uh, rise in the temperatures here because we were Baltic, as they say, over the last few weeks. But turning the attention to Wales, and we're having a joke, by the way, uh, Wales, of course, is not in England, but someone asked the question, uh, is Wales, England? Uh, it's a, no, it's a little place beside England. But anyway, that's a little uh, in-joke for us TNTers. But anyway, let's talk about Wales. This 20 miles per hour speed limit. You know, I've been driving around in my car, keeping to the speed limit, which is a, a, a positively reckless 30 miles per hour here in Northern Ireland. And I've slowed down a few times to 20. And it seems to me it's almost impossible to drive at 20 miles an hour. You need enough need to have your handbrake up in the car. I think by now, what's the feedback from Welsh drivers? You know, it, they've been told to suck it up and accept it, but are people accepting it? 
Um, no, there, there has been surprisingly uh, a big kickback, and not just normally. It's the right wing, isn't it? Uh, you know, oh, the, the, it's, they call them the right wing gammon, uh, usually having a, a moan and a wind. But it is actually from all political sides. Uh, it is very interesting. Now, I, I've got something that, to say that, but please don't don't put this any further. Is that have you noticed how the insurance has suddenly gone up? It, it went mm -hmm. it, it went stupid stupid increase, and we haven't got a lot of money. So um, with my insurance, I had to get one of these tracker things. It saved me three hundred pounds, but it's tracking me. But don't tell any of the truth, my truth of friends, because they'll go mad with me. It's like having an Alexa. You know they don't they don't like these things where government have hold over you. But I've got it now. The reason I'm mentioning this is because I actually have to drive at 20 miles per hour because I'm being tracked. Um, oh, no. um, my, I, it is quite exciting because I get a little score from uh, uh, from the insurance company <laughs> to tell me what a good boy I've been, but I don't really care about that. Um, so to get to answer your question, has there been pushback? Yes, there has, but the, the government have just deflected it. Uh, th there was an article um, uh, that your very lovely producer, uh, Charlotte, uh, uh, sent me uh, where uh, an, a, an MS, uh, uh, which is like an MP, but it's like a, a Welsh, a Welsh uh, um, member of Welsh Parliament. And he was saying that he was being verbally attacked in the park, mm -hmm. people being horrible to him and calling him an idiot. Uh, well, he he should he should listen to the Abbey Rob Abbey Roberts show. I could tell you there's a there's a few more uh, choicey words I I could call him. And um, for me, it, it's really silly because there's an election coming up, and the whole thing when there's an election is you don't want to do something that is going to lose you an election uh, because it is not popular. It's not popular anyway. Now I do agree that twenty miles per hour is around schools. Uh, places where parks, where children are playing. Yes, that's just normal. But we've got a, a, a main road in Cardiff that used to be 50, then it was 40, then it was 30, and now it's 20. And honestly, um, you must have seen on uh, social media pictures of scooters going, literally going fast, faster yeah. than, than cars. And it's ridiculous. Some Simon, changes I I got caught behind a learner driver yesterday and uh, and I'm not even one to get road rage and I must have had to do 20 miles an hour and I, and I was screaming expletive. So I, mean, I don't know how you're doing it um, yourself with uh, with I don't I'm not going to get one of those things from a car insurance. I think I'd rather pay the extra 300 pound. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to get road rage the whole time. Uh well, r road rage is a real issue uh, because um, and I feel it. I can feel as I'm driving at 20, I can feel the anger of the car behind. Now, I've I've become patient. It's something you get with with with, with age as as you get older. You sort of like, you know, you, you just you just take it really. Um, but uh, what uh, um, I, I think we need to happen there's uh, uh rick you've got uh, friends of yours i've been in touch with uh called mm -hmm. the war group or something yes uh, where's and, morris uh, um yeah I, i'm still waiting for um i missed one meeting uh, uh they have a, a meeting on the weekend um because this is something that i want to get behind because 
unfortunately with with us british we we are very uh sort of uh, we we are keyboard warriors uh and it it's a matter of actually getting out there onto the streets uh and there you had some guests on uh abby roberts show just now steve and sue from uh, unn and they were the ones uh, out in stockport that literally for the last 3 years they've been out there with these yellow boards and and this is something that you know i i, I to be honest i'm more ready for pitchforks than, than i am for for placards but but we need to do something because the more people that stay silent uh they're just going to carry on with the the next thing they're going to do and and i do think it is a war on cars as well I think it's good uh, you mentioned the war group uh, that's my chum Wes Morris uh, he lived over, he's a Welshman but he came over to Northern Ireland married an Irish woman and then whisked her back over to Wales again he kidnapped her almost uh, Angie and Wes the both listening to the show by the way uh, she's a very good friend of my wife so yeah Wes is an absolute legend head well screwed on as well and it's great to hear about local groups springing up like the war group and then people like yourselves getting in behind them giving them a little bit of publicity because they are really genuine people they don't have any ulterior motives they're just normal everyday working people who want to see a change for the better in wales and i think wherever possible if we can give them a platform get behind them a little bit it could inspire other people to fall in alongside them which is why it's important i think to look at regional areas and we focus a little bit on northern ireland here we've focus on the republic we do scotland Eng england and wales as well and sometimes wales can be forgotten about but unfortunately it's making the headlines for all the wrong reasons these days like lunatic 20 miles per hour speed limits just very briefly uh, before we wrap this one up Simon we've only got a minute or two left Tata still uh, announced a, a closure of uh, potential job losses thousands of people losing their jobs uh, in in uh, in wales they are also talking about financial woes could need a government bailout there is that sending out a, a, an alarm signal that this could just be the beginning of uh, more job losses for tata just really briefly as we wrap this one up yeah uh, it is it is devastating for south wales uh, you i mean it, pe people are losing their jobs at a time where uh, you, you have this stupid inflation where the, your shopping bill has gone up by 40 50 pounds people are going to be struggling and struggling um and also my suspicious conspiracy mind thinks uh, you know are, are they really trying to get everybody onto the onto the the the, the uh, universal credit system uh, which uh, conspiracy theorists have been saying for quite a while it's a, it's a, a shocking state of affairs um I don't know the answer uh, because it's just all doom and gloom at the moment and I, I don't want to start everyone's day off with, uh, with with all doom and gloom um they, they are they are trying to uh, um help people uh, to get back into work but yeah. the jobs really aren't out there and as you saw no. with the Clonethley protests where you have immigrants coming into hotels and things like that you know it's just a, a nightmare if i can do the scream oh it it really it really is scary times but there's more scary things and fear fear and fear out in the world you know with what's happening uh, it world worldwide so yeah. really it puts it puts what's happening in wales into total insignificance you know yeah, well it is almost been forgotten about 
Yeah, well, the thing is, that's why we need to keep highlighting these issues, because, for example, they've said that the Tata Steel tool workers had lost £160 million in the past three months, so they claim that they're running on a £1.7 million a year loss, and when a company tells that to their employees, what they're saying is, put your seatbelts on, because there's going to be a crash landing here of the company, they may shut down the operation altogether, who knows, and it would be, as you say, devastating for all of Wales, let alone South Wales, if so many people were to lose their job. But we've got to wrap this one up for right now. Mr. Simon Gould, so much thanks going your way for taking the time out of your morning to appear here on Open Line with Natalie and myself. Uh, much appreciated and you have a good one, whatever you're doing. And you can follow Simon uh, at Unity News Network. Check them out, Unity News Network. His contributions are on there. We've got to take a news break. We'll be right back with Jimmy Ike. So don't go away. Stay tuned for more here on TNT Today's News Talk. All right, let's get this underway for our first order of business. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with your TNT headlines. Hamas has confirmed it's reviewing a new proposal for a ceasefire in Gaza that would ultimately end the war with Israel. A woman who was awarded over $80 million for suing Donald Trump for denying he sexually assaulted her has been accused of making a mockery out of rape victims. And Pakistan's former Prime Minister Imran Khan has been jailed for a decade after being charged with exposing state secrets, claiming the US was complicit in his removal from office. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio, free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk, this is TNT Radio. Okay, more new blood coursing through the veins of TNT. Today's news talk here this morning. Want to welcome, a very warm welcome for the first time to Open Line anyway, to none other than Jimmy Ike. Jimmy is the CEO and founder of the independent media platform Iconic, and he's very kindly taken some time out of this morning today to talk to us about the skullduggery, no pun intended, and shenanigans that's going on with old Elon Musk and his Neuralink brain implants. This seems to be the talk of the town right now. Jimmy, some people are fanboys of Elon. Some people, I think, are getting their eyes open uh, to what he's really like now and what his alternative agendas are. Uh, what do you make of this whole business uh, with Musk and Neuralink? Well, I think, firstly, I'm glad I've got the dress code to wear a black, so thanks for that. Um, yeah, I think this this story that's come out yesterday really highlights one of the main reasons that Elon Musk bought Twitter or was allowed to buy Twitter, was to gain credibility within the independent movement that he was on our side, that he was there to try and help, that he was there to try and, you know, push back against this censorship and, and woke agenda. So that when his real motivations and the other businesses that he runs that are all cult furthering businesses like um, SpaceX, like Neuralink, like Tesla, so on, he would be taken a little bit more he would have some credibility. So when he puts this stuff out, people won't look at it as, as skeptical as they would have done. For example, if that tweet had been put up by Bill Gates yesterday, everyone in, in the independent media would have been screaming. They'd have been going, look at what this guy's trying to do. Whereas because it's Musk and there's that sort of, I guess, hope in most people's minds or a lot of people's minds that he's actually going to be there to help. He's going to be there to support. They don't look at it in the skeptical way they would if somebody else had done it. So I think it's clear that he bought Twitter to gain some credibility so that then when he pushes the agenda on through companies like, like Neuralink, 
people are less um, less push back against it, if you like, than they would if it was somebody else. So it's a psyop as far as I'm concerned. Musk is is there to do nothing other than lead people down the garden path and to further the cult agenda. And I think it's very clear to see. I think the whole phrase, you know, actions speak louder than words is, is never been more appropriate than here. He might say the right thing every now and again. He might tweet things that appear to be supportive of the independent movement, but then look at his actions. Mm -hmm. There's another point that uh, was brought up yesterday when we were discussing this, and uh, I have a friend, Joe Wallen, who wrote a great book recently called uh, Dark Eon, which is all about uh, AI and transhumanism. Uh, he made a post yesterday, I uh, took a little excerpt from his book, and he said, Neuralink is not the first, and they won't be the last people to be doing this business. So the actual yeah. uh, technology or the, the aspirations towards giving people brain implants is nothing new. People have been experimented on before, particularly paraplegics or quadriplegics or people People, uh, that are locked in after strokes, you know, to enable them to use their, you know, brain waves to do certain functions, which is fair enough. Okay, they are willingly yeah. uh, accepting of that. But this isn't. Uh, this is being marketed, Jamie. Do you think towards people that are ill, or it's going to, you know, make the blind see and make the lame walk? But in reality, that's not their ultimate market for this. Their ultimate market for this is you, myself, Natalie, and everybody else that's listening in here, if they can get people to buy into it. Yeah, it absolutely is. And the sales pitch with with various types of, of things that further the agenda, you usually can look at and, and make a case for. So, for example, as you say there, people that are blind, being able to see. I saw a story yesterday about technology helping somebody who was paralyzed be able to walk purely by believing they could. Well, you can't really argue with that. I think most people look at that and go, that sounds great. But as your mm -hmm. point is there, there are people that are willingly you know, and effectively have nothing to lose. It's their decision. They want to go ahead and do it and it could change their life. But, you know, that's the sales pitch. That's not the reality. The reality is they want to put these chips into every man, woman and child right across the planet. And one thing I found really interesting about the story yesterday is that Musk says he wants to call the first product of Neuralink um, telepathy, right? Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Telepathy is basically intuition. It's it's thinking things without thinking things. So I think that's almost a way of trolling again, because if you have that implant and you're calling it telepathy, how do you know those thoughts are your own? You don't. They could be coming through AI, through whatever is feeding information to that implant. So you could be having these thoughts which you think are your own, but they're not. And ultimately, in my opinion, that's the goal. Because if they get people with, implanted, they get technology giving you your thoughts, you may not even be able to think of resisting or think of disobeying or think of pushing back against things you don't like. That thought may not even come into your head. We have the frustration now, don't we, that enough people don't see the madness of the world and see how they're being manipulated. What if you physically and literally can't? Because those thoughts can't even enter your conscious mind. That's for me what the end game is to this technology. Not our thoughts can be our thoughts can be a little bit scrambled. I was just going to get your opinion on this. Our thoughts can be yeah. a little bit scrambled here. We don't even have Neuralink implants in. How much more if you've got <laughs> something sticking out of your skull and someone hardwiring, you know, messages into your brain? How how bad would that be for people like us? Well, funny enough, I was going to say on my notes, I'd made exactly the same point about telepathy. It it, it gives me negative vibes. It's sinister. It, yeah. it makes me feel uncomfortable. And uh, that's at the same point, you know, like uh, the whole uh, kind of 1984. At one point, he's saying to us, 
oh, you know, I'm doing this to to help everyone. But then he's also yep. using the word telepathy, you know, it, it, and, and and he wouldn't have been able to buy Twitter, would he? If he if he really was uh, fighting back against uh, global, uh, I say elites, but parasites, would it would they have allowed him to buy Twitter? I don't think that that, that would even happen, would it, Jamie? No, of course. In fact, actually took him to court to force him to buy Twitter. And, you know, when they released the Twitter files, my dad made this point and they released the Twitter files, which basically proved what we already thought is that Twitter was a deep state operation that controlled what people can and cannot see. It collected data on people and it just proved what, what we all thought anyway. So the first question then would be, OK, so why did they sell it to you then? Because all if all if they had all that control and they had all that data off of people that they wanted, why would they give that up to somebody who claims to be a free speech absolutist? It makes absolutely no sense. But what I found really, really frustrating is that this desperation in so many people's minds to have a hero, to have somebody that's going to come and save the day. I think that's why so many people supported and in crazily still support Donald Trump. That's why so many people have fallen for this Elon Musk, you know, act because they want the hero. They don't want to necessarily look in the mirror and take the responsibility that we've each got to be our own. You know, we've each got to look in the mirror and take that decision to to change the way that we act, change the way that we behave, which may, may be influence others. And then collectively, we can make a difference in the world. They want someone to come in and just go, you know what, I'm here now. I'm going to take care of it. You just, you know, carry on watching Love Island. That's the attitude that, you know, in my opinion, a lot of people want. So it's when that's your attitude, it's very, very easy to fall for these kind of false gods. And there was a phrase from a, a very high level Freemason once, which is a very famous quote, which is when the people need a hero will happily provide them one. And we've seen that so many times over recent years. So many people that came to, you know, public profile through COVID or maybe had a public profile, but decided to, you know, start speaking a bit of sense on certain subjects around COVID. All of a sudden now these people are idealized, like they're the voice of authority on, on everything, when in truth, they might know a fraction of what there is to know, but none of us know everything. None of us are, I put out a tweet the other the other week saying nobody is awake. We're all simply awakening because we all don't know everything there is to know. And if that's your philosophy and your attitude, you're constantly open to new insights and new information. Whereas just giving all your power away to somebody else going, you go and fix it. That's such a dangerous, dangerous thing to do. And it's been shown, you know, what did Trump do in four years? Nothing. What's he going to do in another four? Nothing. And if we if we let Musk take all this power, which people seem to be giving to him, then the outcome is going to be pretty dark. It is uh, one one question. One last question for you, um, Jamie. Just as we wrap this one up, <clears throat> people are uh, talking about this. It's new. It's the new thing. People are going to want to indulge in it. They're going to going to want to offer themselves up to take these Neuralink implants. And let's say the worst does happen, which it probably will, <clears throat> that these things will not be particularly good for our body, mind and soul. And then you decide you have one in your head, you want to get it removed, all right? It's not like you have a faulty phone charger. If you have it, you yeah. can unplug it at the wall, wrap it up and throw it in the bin, go and buy yourself a new one. When you start messing around with people's brains, uh, and people's minds effectively. Uh, there's not necessarily any comeback from that. I'm thinking about early lobotomies. You know, they used to stick ice picks uh, into people's uh, frontal lobes of their brain and give them a, a wiggle around. And that was supposed to cure depression and uh, epilepsy and one thing and another. And when they realized, hey, we maybe shouldn't be doing that anymore, it was too late for the people that had had the ice pick up and through the tear gland or up their nose. Uh, the damage was done. Could this be irreparable, irreversible damage that people have? So even if they have a change of mind and they want to have this thing removed, there's simply no going back to the old you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the first point there is, will you have the ability to change your mind? If that's doing the thinking for you, is that thought even going to happen? And secondly, mm. yeah, it's 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 Frankenstein as far as I'm concerned. It's messing with natural biology. It's it's you know synthetic and natural being intertwined in a way that's never been done before. That nobody knows how that's going to happen. Nobody knows the potential long term effects of that. And and you mentioned there that you know what if people fall for this? That's almost certainly why. The younger generations have been so targeted technologically. That's why, you know, you've got kids that can use iPads before they can walk or talk. That's why you see teenagers absolutely glued to their smartphones, obsessed with the online world. It's all been, in my opinion, a build up, mm-hmm. a sales pitch, a long kind of marketing campaign. So when they push these ideas out, the younger generations think it's a great idea. And I'm sure you've noticed in recent years, there's been massive divides between young and old. There was young and old on Brexit, young and old on Trump, young and old on so many different things. And I think you're going to have the same thing here because generations of, say, my age, I'm 31 and nearly said 30 and 31 and above um, that can remember what the world was like before technology and before you know, this obsession where everything had to be online. And then you're going to have the generations that are are coming that are going to be the adults of tomorrow that think this is a great idea that are pushing for it. And you're going to create that divide once again, which is another way of divide and rule. It's another way of playing the target population off against each other, rather than them all looking at you going, actually, what you're trying to push on us is very sinister. So that would be the big fear I would have that, you know, a younger generation of people will think this is a great idea and think, you know, it's it's progress, which it's not. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's something that once it's done, there's no way back. And it really does feel like this is the end game. Everything they've been working towards, all the different types of manipulation they've been doing has been building towards this. And if they get this, then there's no way back. So it's a very time sensitive situation we find ourselves in, in my opinion. And you know, the most frightening thing, just as uh, we have to close this off now, but to me anyway, looking at this, they're not going to have to put guns to people's head. They're not going to have to put you in a headlock or put you in an arm lock and march you off to your nearest implant center. There will be people queuing up to accept this like they did with the the clot shots or the COVID shots. Uh, They didn't have to force anybody to take them. There were people queuing around the block. There was blitz campaigns and people asking, have you had yours? Have you had yours? It's almost like it was the next big thing. Sadly, I think this will be the next big thing for this younger generation coming up that have been uh you know weaned off uh the real life and weaned on to technology but uh um, jamie many many thanks uh for taking the time to come and talk to us this morning if you haven't already done so you can check out uh jamie's x or twitter profile at jamie j-a-y-m-i-e i-c-k-e iconic check out the links through there to his other output and a uh, big thanks to you again my friend for coming thanks, on today uh, it's been a blessing and uh keep keep the black going uh, i love the black background by the way yeah. i have to give you props for that one uh so we've got to take a short <laughs> thanks, break right now you're welcome we've got to take a short break right now and when we come back the phone lines will be open anything you've heard you want to comment on give us a call natalie and i will continue in discussion up to the top of the hour here on tnt today's news talk while serving in vietnam a grenade took my ability to see Today, I'm a sculptor, creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. 
With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. <laughs> My baby's back from the West Coast. <laughs> Hear those pictures that you asked for for your school project? First day of school, cute as a button. <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. Oh, here's Grandma Florence after that flood wiped out the whole neighborhood. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe and is the best way to protect that legacy. Ah, those <laughs> beans smell heavenly. Mm -hmm. Give mom a little credit. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. Oh, great idea. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay. Smart. I'm coming to share with you guys. Protect your legacy. Plan for natural disasters today. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan. This is a place for crazy people. Natalie Cheel and Rick Mott. I think you'll listen. TNT. Ah, yes, we're just having a chat. Well, we're talking about our, our dearest, beloved friend, Mr. Dee Dee yeah. Denslow, and I'm going to have him on the show actually next Tuesday. And I think actually he's going to be doing an almost a, a live report. He's going to Parliament. He's going down to London, my in it, London, next Tuesday. And he's bringing his laptop and his gear with him. And uh, he's going to some event down there at Parliament. And he's going to be bringing us an update on what's happening there. I have to get him uh, and see if his uh, views and outlooks have been changed on Musk. I think we bet each other a hundred quid about two years ago about uh, him revealing his hand over a year or two's time. So I might be in for I a little payout from uh, DD. Well, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to rub salt in the wounds by taking a hundred quid off him. But uh, we'll get his views and opinions next week if he's listening. And darn big love to you, mate. And uh, we say all this with nothing but respect. But listen, yeah. uh, opinions do change. And where would we be if we couldn't? Yeah, I've changed my position on things over the last few years on certain topics. We can't be absolutely dead in the world because if evidence comes up, not like to show that your position is a little bit dubious, or maybe you shouldn't be going down that road. You should at least set step back, take your ego and your pride hat off. I'm talking about me personally, not you or anybody else and say, you know what, maybe I've got that one a little bit wrong and maybe I need to rethink that one. There's no harm in that, is there? I agree so much with what Jamie said. The older I get and the more awake I get, the more I realize I don't actually know anything at all. That's mm. the real awakening, that you should always be open-minded and striving for new information and uh, not be arrogant enough to say, well, I'm correct. And, uh, you know, that's the way it is. I'm right. You're wrong. And uh, I'm not even going to look at the evidence that you put in front of me in case it changes. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are, are, are in that uh, kind of category now where it where it's like, well, all I'm looking now is for evidence to prove my hypothesis rather than actually the truth. And uh, I'm only interested in the truth. And uh, that that's often very difficult to find. And we have to do a lot of research to, to find that. Oh, we do, we do, and it's an ongoing thing. New stuff's constantly coming to the fore. One of the one of the benefits towards uh, having internet and having all these uh, independent platforms is there's a wealth of information comes our way every day. It can almost be overwhelming. So what you need to do is then sift through the stuff 
that relates to the things that you're particularly interested in. And then, of course, you know, be uh, pliable with your positions on certain people, certain things and certain, you know, political issues, whatever it happens to be, you know, so we need to remain a little bit malleable here. And that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we've got a couple of stories, I suppose you could say. Uh, not financial woes, but Morrison's. Uh, Morrison's in particular. There was a story that you had highlighted for us here this morning to sell 337 petrol forecourts as part of a two and a half billion pound deal. Petrol forecourts will continue to trade under Morrison's brand, but under the deal that will allow MFG uh, to expand its electric vehicle charging network. Here we have this talk again about electric vehicle charging networks. Not like. I haven't seen any. I could literally count on the fingers of my left hand, not including my thumb, the amount of electric vehicle charging places I've seen so far in Northern Ireland in the last seven months. Uh, am I? Is it? Are we just backward over here, or is this charging what? network that's expanding like crazy? Yes. Am I missing it? There's lots in Reading. I do think it does it's make a difference here. as to the location. You know, I go to an average supermarket. So at my Tesco, there'll be free charging points at my really? even. But but yeah, every big supermarket, uh, they'll be near the near to the door as well. Mm -hmm. They make sure they're the they make sure they're right next to you know the the car parking spots that everybody wants mm -hmm. are right next to the door as well. Yeah, um, and even like uh, my little one, a little uh, car park. With uh, like like little corner shops, there's a there's one there as well. Um, I think the same as in London. The reason I highlighted this story because we recently spoke about Morrison's who were really really struggling to keep mm -hmm. themselves afloat. Uh, so this is a uh, this deal is in order to try and keep Morrison's uh, in the game, so to speak. But mm -hmm. they're obviously getting a huge financial and financial incentive because MFG, the uh, company who are uh, kind of taking off on these petrol stations is targeting the installation of 800 ultra rapid 150 kilowatt electric vehicle charges in the hubs within the first five years alone so uh you know i think in order to have uh, taken this over they're going to have a, a huge financial subsidy here you know there's 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 a, an incentive for them to have taken these petrol stations i expect rather than it just be a deal to help out morrisons and keep them going so uh you know it, it shows that the economy is struggling morrison's are still struggling they've had to take this deal but there's part of the agenda and the narrative to go with it as well rick yeah it's uh, uh when we're talking about money changing hands as well we talked about tata steel earlier on in wales they're losing 1.7 million quid a day morrison's are having to flog this off at two and a half billion to help correct the balance books when you think about it when you go down the high street, all the big names like Woolworths, for example, over here, uh, Top Shop closed down, a big, massive, uh, hundred-year-old stationary business. Gone East. As well, oh. well, it's not gone, but most of the it's, bigger stores oh, have yeah. all closed in the high streets over here. You yes, still get the odd flagship store where they'd be centralized in, like uh, you know, near a main uh, shopping, you know, out-of-town shopping outlet. But in terms of you know, every high street had a Top Shop, every high street had a Woolworths, yeah. every high street had an HMV at one point. You remember? where people used to go in and buy CDs and whatnot. All the big names are taking the hits, which must make you ask the question, if they're struggling, like if Tata Steel's losing 1.7 million a year in Britain, and they're one of the biggest steel companies in the world, or Morrison's are selling off petrol stations uh, for two and a half million quid for cash injections, look at the money they must bring in through their tills. You know, it doesn't bode well for the smaller trader. 
Um, I do wonder if Tata Steels were manipulated in order to get the £5 million subsidy mm. from the government on that one. Mm. But the uh, another article here, number of companies going bust is at a 30-year high. Official figures show the number of creditors voluntary liquidations when a company can't pay its debts. It's its highest record since the 1960s. A total of 25,158 Firms across England and Wales were insolvent last year. I walked through Reading Town Centre uh, on Monday, I think it was. And oh, my goodness. I know it sounds awful for me to say I'm not a judgmental person at all. Uh, even more shops uh, had uh, been boarded up. But it, it was the type of people in the town centre. You know, it used to be uh, like a really busy place. Haven't you wanted to go? It was really full of the homeless and addicts. I actually felt quite uncomfortable in part of the town. You know, you had a couple of people who were there in their lunch hour walking past Rick. And I hate to say that because I, I don't want to be judgmental, but it wasn't a nice place to be. That town centre is, 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 you know, if it carries on that way, it will really be a ghost town and nothing will be there at all. And that's been proved in these figures uh, with the amount of uh, the first year high of companies going insolvent. Yeah, the thing is too, but you know, it's not a judgmental statement that you've just made. It's a, it's reality. If we're all being yeah. brutally honest, if you would prefer, yeah. what would you prefer to do? Walk through a town centre uh, as a yeah. as a as a lady or a or a guy, okay, and have just you know normal people out shopping, grannies there, women pushing prams, yeah. old men, old women with their grandchildren, whatever it is, or people lying destitute in the doorways, yeah, maybe it. begging, approaching you for money. They're obviously intoxicated. They're obviously off their face of drugs. I feel very uncomfortable around drunk people simply because I'm talking about really drunk people in a, in a social setting because you don't know what they're going to do. And then what Rick, do you these do? Weren't, do you... These weren't even drunk. They were vis they were visibly agitated addicts who, who were dressed, uh, you know, who, who, who whose mm -hmm. clothing didn't look like they'd been changed in a long time. It certainly made me feel like, actually, I don't really want to be here. You know, and that, that's awful for me Which to kills say, the but business it, it even a, more, but you know, does, and that has that other knock-on effect. And that's what I mean. It's you're just being honest and you're being real. If anybody was being brutally honest, you know, what would you prefer? Walk through the boarded up city centre of Reading with people who are obviously off their face on drugs, you don't know who they are, they're following you around, maybe and giving you uh, yes. funny looks, or just the normal old-fashioned town centre. The one I was talking about, where you had a top shop, you had an HMB, yeah. you had a Willie's, you went in and you bought your pick and mix, you know, everybody's out on Saturday with a family doing their little shop, you know, the kids' school uniforms and all that. I'm not saying, you know, that they're better people because we can all fall in hard times, but the reality it is when the scenario you've just described puts more nails into the coffins it, in the high streets, and that's what we're seeing. And I must say, I didn't really see a problem with migrants in Reading. That wasn't actually the issue. We hear about that a lot. We talk about that a lot, particularly in Dublin or in Ireland. Uh, but it wasn't. These were quite quite clearly British citizens, but, but um, you know, uh, addicts. Like I said, you know, a whole area of the town was uncomfortable walking around, and they and it wasn't immigrants. These These were definitely British citizens who had fallen on hard times. Mm, they were. And, and and listen, it's coming to a high street near you if it hasn't already done so. Look at the streets of San Francisco at the minute. Look, look at New York City, Manhattan. Look yeah. at uh, Rome. Look at uh, Venice. Look at all these places in Italy. All Paris. All the classical, you know, tourist city break destinations are all turning out the same way. So it's not just localised yeah. uh, to Reading or where I live or down in Belfast city centre. This is a, a global thing and it's being instigated by globalists. Yeah. Just before we uh, 
wrap this up. Not just I uh, have to acknowledge and give a shout out to everybody in the live chat. The live yes. chat is absolutely uh, bunged this morning, which is brilliant. Uh, Shin is in there. Jane Black, of course, is in there. Hidden and plain sight. Molly Bites, of course, is in there. Nige is in there. Mazzy is in there. Just the bloke who asks questions. So many new names. Voice of Wales, Scylla is also in there. So just to everybody in there. Listen, uh, uh, unfortunately, it's difficult to del delve into the live chat the way we used to because we have just the, the shows are just absolutely action packed now. And I think that's actually reflecting in the amount of more people that we have coming in. But it's a two edged sword. We don't get to delve yes. into the live chat the way we used to. I miss so, being able to do yeah, that as much. But yeah, we're, we're going to we'll maybe try and find a way to rebalance that uh, between yeah. ourselves. But rest assured, we miss folks, you. We do. We don't take anybody for granted. And I mean anybody. No. We value everybody that comes in and out of the live chat, leaves their thoughts and comments and opinions. And usually after the show, uh, I'll have a glance back over uh, some of the chat that went on there and read the comments. And they always give me uh, a little bit of a lift. So I'm sure you would feel the same way. Nat. Uh, yes, it's nice uh, to hear your thoughts and opinions. And we do appreciate everybody and every comment that's left. No matter what that is, we do appreciate them all. You know, it's, uh, it's nice to be part of this little outfit in the morning isn't it yeah uh we love it we love our online uh chat crew or the tribe always always do and i always always welcome your comments mm, there you go and uh best wishes to you this afternoon that uh, get yourself uh, back into bed hot water bottle <laughs> thick uh lamb sip and uh you may be an electric blanket keep fighting the lurgy you're looking yeah. better you're sounding better than you were when you came yeah. on this morning maybe TNT is the tonic that you actually yes. need, of course. A little plug there for TNT. Today's news tonic here. Uh, I'll be back after the news uh, with more Unlocked and Loaded. Nat and I will be back in the morning, so don't go away. Stay tuned for more here on TNT. Today's news talk.